for joining us for this week's sermon podcast from the First United Methodist Church of Parable. Let's go to the Lord in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, as we come to this part in our hour of worship, as we turn our attentions towards your scripture, we know that your spirit is here among us. We ask that your spirit open our hearts and our minds, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, that we might hear with joy what you say to us today. In Christ's name, amen. Our first scripture comes from the New Testament, James chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. I invite you to hear these words as I read along. After this, we'll go to 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, and then to our gospel lesson. And I'll ask you guys to advance the slides back in the back as we move forward. No one, when tempted, should say, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. Matt, uh, Peter, First Peter. Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. In our gospel text this morning, pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. May God bless our reading of the Holy Scriptures this morning. All God's people said, Amen. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, as we reflect on these texts this morning, I ask that you make my heart your heart, my words your words. God, if anything is said is untrue, that it's forgotten, never to be remembered again. But if what is said is true today, God, that you would write it on our hearts. For in the moments that we find ourselves in the wilderness, that we follow you to share the light of Christ in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, this past week we've had a, a little bit cooler weather and it has been some of my favorite nights. And in fact, I almost reserved a couple of spots or a spot or two um, at Crowley's Ridge to sleep under the stars. I mean, low 60s, high 50s for the nights. You can't beat that. It's, it's my favorite time, my favorite season, my favorite weather um, of the year. Uh, and to be honest with you, I wasn't too excited to see the forecast for next week, right? It was just a reminder that sometimes we get a glimpse of the fall, and then it's summer through the end of October, right? And then we'll have winter at the beginning of November. But it is kind of a, a moment to look forward to the fall that's ahead. Again, my favorite time of the year. I love that time of year. It's hunting season. It's bonfire season. It's a season that, that opens up all of the holidays and with all of those that I just mentioned, hunting and bonfires and holiday seasons comes a lot of food. <laughs> a lot of food. In fact, uh, the fall season, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, it really is the battle of the bulge or the fight of the fluff season, right? Um, in fact, uh, 
about 15 months ago, I started a health journey. I started working with a coach and started working out and eating right, uh, knowing what I'm taking in as far as calories and then making sure I burn off enough calories for the day. And I found that it was really easy in the summertime, right? Because it's hot outside and you want to drink a lot of water, right? Or it's, it's hot outside. You don't want these heavy meals. You don't want fried food. You, you, I prefer salads and fruits and vegetables, those things that are healthy for you and low in calories and easy to uh, burn off throughout the day. But I found found out that as it got cooler outside, it, it wasn't necessarily as easy as it was in the summertime, right? Right? There's more um, casseroles, there's more um, biscuits and gravy, there's these thicker foods that happen. And I convinced myself at one point during the fall that, you know what, if I eat more, I can just work out more and that'll balance it out, right? If I eat an extra tater tot, I can go run, you know, an extra half a mile and I'll be okay. And it was true to a point, but there was one day where it failed miserably. And that day was the night of our Christmas cantata here at church. The night of our Christmas cantata here at church. The night before our Christmas cantata, a beautiful soul came to the parsonage and she dropped off a homemade, from scratch, pecan pie. Or pecan pie, however you say it, right? A wonderful, from scratch, pecan pecan pie. And I love pecan or pecan pie, right? It's on my top three. Tacos, gelato from Italy, pecan pie, okay? That's, that's it on the top three. And so um, it's, it was, it was uh, uh, cantata night, and Reverend Dana and I love cantata night because Brian, our worship uh, leader, he opens it up, welcomes everybody, he leads the orchestra and the choir, and then he dismisses everybody. And so Dana and I, we just get to show up, greet folks, and enjoy that worshiping hour from the very back of the balcony, right? We love to be in the back of the balcony, just kind of hang out. It's different from being in the front all the time, right? So I got to relax and worship God and experience it from another part of the sanctuary. And this particular night, uh, I came up to the balcony and I was still sweating. I was flushed. I was tired. I was a little bit moody. And Dane was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I said, well, I I ran a few extra miles today, and by run, I mean on the elliptical. I did a couple miles on the elliptical today. Now, at that time, I was running about two, two and a half miles on the elliptical. And he said, oh, okay. He said, well, do you want some candy? Pulled out some chocolates from his coat, and he said, you want some candy? Make you feel better. And I said, no, bad decisions is why I ran all those extra miles. And he said, well, how many miles did you run? And I said, eight. I ran eight miles. And Daniel looked at me and said, why did you run eight miles? I said, well, you remember that pecan pie that we got? the other night? He said, oh, you had some, so you ran a couple miles. I was like, no, I had it <laughs> for lunch. Right. So I ran eight miles. When we think about temptation, probably a safe space to think about, to talk about temptation is passively and jokingly, right? right. When the waiter or waitress comes to our table and says, would you like some dessert? Of course, they ask us this question after we've had the free rolls, all the butter on the rolls, a couple of appetizers, a full plate of food, and several refills in our beverages, right? And we say, oh, that's tempting, but I'm so full. That's tempting, but I'm so full. We passively talk about it. Or perhaps another scenario when uh, a friend brings by a vehicle that they just got or, or, or a new gadget or maybe celebrates a new purchase of some sort, an outfit, 
And we celebrate that with them, and, and we smile, and we laugh, and then we say, oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. And the truth is, is that in those moments where we passively talk about temptation, in reality, for somebody, it is a true temptation. If not for ourselves, for somebody else, it is a true temptation. And what is a temptation? Temptation is a struggle. So this morning, I want us to think about what are we tempted by? What do we struggle with? What are we tempted by? And what do we struggle with? Today, we come to the final petition in the Lord's Prayer as we conclude our series on the Lord's Prayer. And here's our petition. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you notice on the screen, um, I have that just printed straight through, right? There are no grammatical notes there at all. No punctuation, marks at all. And um, gr grammatical uh, notes in a sentence are very important, right? Because it tells us the context of what's going on, what's going on. In fact, um, it's so important. I, I, I saw this thing on Facebook the other day. It said, um, I'm giving up eating chocolate for the rest of the year, exclamation mark. I'm giving up eating chocolate for the rest of the year, exclamation mark. But if you scroll down, whoever created the post said, sorry, the punctuations are wrong. I'm giving up, exclamation mark. I'm eating chocolate for the rest of the year. So grammar is pretty important. Punctuations are important. And so when we read this, and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil, we have this missing of, of punctuations, of grammatical notes. And uh, I'm not a grammatic guru by any means. I talk, or I speak, or I write, like I talk and speak, right? A little bit of twang, a little bit of dyslexia. That's how I write. I'm thankful for teachers and retired teachers who read my stuff because grammar is so important when it comes to understanding the context of the sentence, right? But in Greek, there is no grammar points. There's no grammatical points, right? No punctuation marks, right? But how do we know the context, what the sentence is talking about, what it's addressing? And we do so from the conjugations it tells us what's going on and who, when and where and who, by who, right? And then also the conjunctions. And so when we start looking at this last part of the petition, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, well, the first thing that we need to look at is the conjunction, and, chi. Of course, this brings together people and places and thoughts and themes and idea when we see this punctuation. In fact, we see this in the series of petitions that we offer up, right? Give us this day, right? And lead us. Give us this day and lead us. Give us this day what? Give us this day the things that we need to live, not only a physical life, but a spiritual life, right? As we give to others what they need. And lead us, right? And forgive us, I'm sorry. And forgive us. So give us this day our daily bread and forgive us, right? And then we have this final and. Give us this day what we need to live to survive uh, spiritually and physically. And forgive us when we don't accept it or don't offer that to others. And lead us. And lead us. Lead us where? Well, lead us not into temptation, right? Lead us not into temptation. So let's talk about temptation for a little bit. This particular phrase was has been talked about throughout the history of the church because it presents a little bit of a, a worry to those who are reading this text. And the question becomes, if we're praying, lead us not into temptation, are we, are we suggesting that God would lead us to temptation? Was Jesus praying this, saying that God might lead my followers into temptation? 
Or when we're reading this today, and we're praying this today, are we praying that God, please don't lead us into temptation? Well, what is temptation? Temptation is defined as this. It's a trial or a testing. A trial or testing. So as we ask that question today, would God lead us into temptation? Has God led someone into temptation? When we think about this text and what Jesus might be considering as he's teaching this prayer, many scholars have looked at this text and they worked out this question before, and Angela talked about it just a little bit ago. It's the story of Jesus going into the wilderness. Of course, as we recall that story, we're reminded that Jesus uh, is baptized right before that, right? That the triune God is present, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And after Jesus is baptized, he's led into the wilderness into what, in which he is what? Which he is tempted, which he is tried, right? Right. And so the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to which Jesus spent 40 days and he experienced a testing. For me, uh, this is a beautiful image, right? That the Holy Spirit, the divine, is leading God incarnate, Jesus, into the wilderness. Not just to be tested, but to face the experience of the human condition. To face what you and I and everyday people face. Times of being tempted, tested, as all of us have been before. Just as living, breathing people do. That God led God's self to experience something that we experience each and every single day. And then I start to think about how is he tested, right? And of course, um, we've had these visualizations, you know, like the devil in the pitchforks coming up and testing Jesus. I've seen productions where uh, the uh, evil persona is a beautiful, angelic being kind of thing that talks to Jesus. I've seen one where it looks like an older, wiser man with young eyes comes and talks to Jesus. And so I start asking myself, when Jesus went into the wilderness to experience what everyday humankind experiences in these moments of temptation, um, was his experience with this persona of evil? Or was it how we experience temptation today? Was it in this persona of evil, or was it how we experience temptation today? I want us to think about how we experience temptation today. I think we experience it as um, a whisper. A whisper that is wooing us, that is pulling us to make decisions that we know aren't good. Right? A whisper that is wooing us, that is pulling us, to make decisions that we know aren't good. And that whisper within the human condition, I think it's as cunning as a snake that spews out lies and trickery. I think the whisper within the human condition um, is sneaky, like a lion who's waiting to pounce on its prey. Of course, imagery from the Garden of Eden and from the scriptures we just read. But our reality today is that you and I, exist in a proverbial wilderness, right? You and I exist in the human condition where our own nature, our own nature experiences a whisper, a wooing, a pulling, a leading to say, to think, to act in ways that are either morally or ethically wrong and that are not healthy for us or others, right? Temptation, think about it as a whisper, a pull to engage uh, in the things that test us, things such as Gluttony and lust and greed and indifference and envy and anger and pride. And before we commit to those things, there's that whisper. A whisper pulling us towards them. And that whisper is part of our human condition. I don't believe that whisper is from God. In fact, 
James just said this, no one, no one when tempted should say, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desires, being lured and enticed by it. When Jesus went into the wilderness and experienced the things that we experience, there's a hope that comes out of that, that God defeats temptation, right? God defeats temptation. And so the question in our own human experience, in our own wilderness, is not whether or not we're going to be tested at one point. The question becomes, how will we respond when temptation occurs? I'll be honest with you, if it was up to me, I would fail in my own decisions, right? I would eat that pecan pie again today, right, if it was my choice, because it was so good, y'all but it was not good for me, right? All that pie went in, the sugar goes up, and your body tries to adjust and figure out what's going on. You have headaches and brain fog and just put you in a mood. It was good, but it wasn't good for me. And so when I pray this prayer, I'm asking God, lead me, lead me. For I can't lead myself through the wilderness, through the human condition. This next note uh, is deliver, deliver. I love this particular word when translated from Greek. It translates directly as rush. God, rush to me. God, when I'm in the wilderness and I, and I can't lead myself and I ask that I need you, I pray for you that you would be here. Don't hesitate. Rush to me. Rush to me and guide me. Rescue me. Rescue us from what? the evil. This Matthew's text here, this is a fun little word, to, right? Um, if, you, if it goes right from the Greek, it, it, it translates the evil. In some of your uh, translations, you have the evil one. You'll find an asterisk or a footnote or something, right, that this uh, word to can either be a directive towards him or an it, right? So if we, if we um, deduce it down to its core, it means the evil, the bad, the hurtful, that which is wrong, that which is wrong. So when I pray this prayer, I pray, lead me. I can't lead myself. Rush to me and deliver me from what is wrong. Deliver me from what is wrong. But again, as we're praying this prayer, we cannot overlook the communal language. So when we pray this prayer together, we also pray, lead us, right? We can't lead ourselves through mess of life, right? Rush to us and deliver us from things that are wrong. Why pray in a communal sense? Well, we can think throughout the course of history and even today when Christians and people who say they are followers of Jesus Christ are collectively wooed to think, to say, and to act in ways that don't reflect the grace or the love of God, right? You can think of those on your own, right? So communally, we pray for God to lead us because when left to our own choices as a group, alone we would fail. But as Angela told the kids earlier, there's something that Christ gave us to help lead us, and that's the Holy Spirit. So collectively, we pray that God leads us together. My own reflection of this prayer. When we pray this prayer, we pray, God, you are holy. May the time come when only your love is present throughout creation. Give us the necessary means to live and to help others live. Forgive us when we fail to do so and lead us away from anything that does not reflect your love. That's my own reflection of this prayer. And I invite you, 
I invite you to continue to reflect on this prayer as part of your daily prayer life. We need this prayer. We need this prayer personally, right? As we strive to listen and to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and not the whisper of temptation. And we need this prayer communally as a church so that we might follow Christ, reflecting His thoughts, His words, His deeds, and living into God's perfect love. And lead us, lead us, lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Caring God, when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances, moments in which we cannot lead ourselves, moments in which the choices we make can either reflect your love and actions in this world or simply reflect the opposite. Rush to us. Rush to us and guide us. Holy Spirit, show us the way so that in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds, others might see Jesus in our lives and come to know you and deepen their relationship with Jesus and theirs. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about First United Methodist Church by going to our website at www.fumcparacle.org. May God bless you this week.